0: Welcome to another episode of the In the Limelight Podcast. I'm Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. You are tuned in to HealthWise 360 with Christy Cordingly. Enjoy.
1: So, hi, and welcome to this episode of HealthWise 360, a creation of Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media, and I'm your show host, Christy Cordingly, and you'll be able to see this interview on In the Limelight TV, which is distributed on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and 100 other smart TV apps. The audio version of this interview can be heard wherever you listen to your podcast. And today, I'm really, really excited to be interviewing Chris Jankoloski. Hopefully, I said that right. Did I say that right? That's I said you that so good. That <laughs> <show> <laughs> really? <Jankulowski>. Perfect, good. <laughs> Author of Near Death Lessons, and he is the founder and CEO of remote staff, a recruiting company specializing in remote working placements. Remarkably, he was able to build and grow this thriving business while battling cancer, failing kidneys, and several brain operations. Throughout these challenges and more, Chris was able to find a way to transform his life from one of fear, struggle, and self-doubt to one of empowerment, success, health, and happiness. Welcome to the show, Chris.
0: Thank you very much for having me on. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, we have the same name. So of course you're here. Uh, (laughs) um, So I want, I I want to talk about the victim mentality because it is something that you you talk about. And I know there's different mentalities to talk about, you know, the the victim mindset and there's the hero hero's journey, the hero mindset and that, and obviously it would take a lot of mental fortitude for you to continue on. I think, I think you would have great reason to be like, why me? But that isn't the choice you made. And maybe you've had moments that for sure. I'm sure we all go <laughs> through those moments when life happens. But what made you decide to not choose the victim mentality? And, and why was that so important for you to live a deliberate life?
0: So, uh, look, great question. Um, I, I got diagnosed at the age of 19, and I was told I had this rare hereditary condition. Chris, the life expectancy is thirty years old. You're most likely going to die young. Uh, you've probably got cancers all over you right now. That was how I was diagnosed, and it was brutal. I wasn't given any support. I wasn't given any information. Was like what? I was nineteen, and so I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I, I just cried in my car for two weeks um, i at nineteen, I did what any other nineteen year old would do. I simply Pretended like it never existed. I pretended like I never got this diagnosis. And I thought, if I really ignore it and pretend I never got it, maybe it might just disappear. Yeah. And that was the game I played until a brain tumor uh, got me and it almost killed me uh, at 32 in 2005. And that was a momentous occasion, you see, because that was a relief, finally, this diagnosis I got at 19, Like now, 13 years later, I finally get – because I ignored it, by the way, and I really did. I didn't do the yearly scans the doctors wanted me to do. I didn't do any blood tests they wanted me to do. No MRIs, none, nothing. I ignored it. I became a a wild child. I just did everything. And so when the tumor finally grew really large, five centimeters at the back of my head, and almost burst Mm. – I got the diagnosis from the doctors, but I was more interested to say like, man, how are they going to know I've got it? I've had a headache for two weeks. How are they going to even know? How am I going to? How can you tell when someone's getting a headache for two weeks? What, how, do you, how are you going to do this? So I was asking all these questions. I completely forgot about my diagnosis. And when I got told, Chris, you got this tumor. This is a Tuesday. We got you booked with a surgeon on Thursday next week. You've got to immediately operate on this. I was like, whoa, 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 wait, you mean I'm getting a brain operation? Who the hell has a brain operation? <laughs> you mean I'm going to have a brain operation? I mean, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. And so I just, I, I, got, I got so angry that I walked out of the clinic and I just looked in the sky and I said, God, I've had enough. I've had enough of this disempowered life. I've had enough of being this victim always, running away from my diagnosis, running away from life. I never realized that when you're running away from one thing in life, actually you're disempowering yourself and you're running away from a lot of other things in your life. You're running away from your dreams. You could try something and, you know, you back out straight away on the first challenge. You'll often be disheartened. Uh, You're often doubtful and often insecure. There's anxiety. There's a whole bag of emotions that come with running away from something. Mm -hmm. And I was running away from life and I didn't even realize it. And so when that diagnosis came and I looked at the sky and I said, God, kill me if I've had enough, it was an incredibly um, relieving moment to go, okay. And then I said, you know what, kill me. And I don't know whether I'll be able to get out of this operation, talk and walk, be in a wheelchair. I don't know, but I will choose whatever life I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. I'd rather choose life, no matter how long that is, than continue living this victim Mindset person, I call it, which is a summary of pretty much anxiety multiplied by steroids of a 100 <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and other kind of victim psychology. And that was it. And so from that moment when I did that and I had the operation, and mm-hmm. the doctors are like, all right, touch your nose. I'm like, first I woke up and I was like, oh, oh I woke up. It's still me. I can still tell it's me. <laughs> and then, uh, And then when she said, touch your nose, it's like, of course I can touch my nose. What's wrong with you? I touch my nose. Yes, I dodged a bullet. I really, I really got through this. Mm -hmm. And that was my wake up call.
1: That's amazing. And I think there's a really good point to that because I think there's this sort of toxic positivity movement where we, where if you're ignoring your problems, then you're all good, you're positive, and you're leading a great life and have a great mindset. But I, I don't think that's true either. I think no. you do have to face things, but you have to choose to go through them with, with braveness and face the fear and walk through the fear to get to the other side, which is, which is what you did, because when you were ignoring it, that wasn't healthy either, right? So victim mindset doesn't mean just ignoring all the negative and only speaking positive in your life, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and look, victim mindset means if you if you uh, how, how's this for a bit of a controversial statement? <laughs> if there, if there is someone that's suffering doubts, insecurities, confused, often, mm-hmm. they are a victim. They're dealing with the victim mindset. Do you think a godlike creature with a plant? Of incredible biology in us, being in this time, in this existence, in this very version of us, like ourselves have so much data. We are so amazing and powerful. Do you think a powerful being like us will be confused, doubtful always? No. But if you're running away from something, you are. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating, isn't it? It's a yeah. distinction. That's all.
1: No. <laughs> so, so, Now, so let's say there's people out there that are like, yes, Chris, I'm in. I want to live a deliberate life. There's steps, though. It's not just like all of a sudden today I'm I'm perfectly deliberate because we have all these years of things to unlearn and relearn. So what are the steps that you recommend people take when they want to start that journey to living a deliberate life?
0: Well, first, I have to say that, look, living a deliberate life simply means, you know, you, you've got clarity with your desires. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you're, 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 you're aligned in your commitment, your feeling, your mind, everything's aligned. You're, you're, you're a true version of yourself. There's so much work to get to that. But living a deliberate life is much more challenging these days than ever before. There's a catch. It's called the internet. It's called social media. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> called a very fast-paced life. Mm-hmm. And these days with the information coming from everywhere, it's so damn confusing for people more than ever before to be a clear version of themselves, a true version of themselves. Because you're getting pulled with advices from everywhere, even me right now.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> we're creating this uh, right now, yep. yeah. Yeah, uh, we're feeding this media. Uh, and, and so... Uh, this is the challenge. And and young people, more so today than ever before, this generation coming, it's hard to know what's really good. But for me, how about if I told you this? I never knew what I really loved unless I failed at something, badly stuffed it up, to, and badly hated it, to only bounce back from that to go, you know what? I definitely don't want to do that. But, you know, as a result of no one to do that, I think I'd rather do this. And then I'll do that. fail, And I go, you know what? Oh. I think it's really more like that. <laughs> and it's been this journey of uh, progression. And, uh, but, but self-empowerment is frustrating because the moment you're self-empowered, it's like a knife edge. It's like I was broke for 13 years. I become a self-empowered individual. Literally a year or so later, I'm a multimillionaire. It's freaking annoying because I tried so hard, so hard. And it was just these little small shifts. Yes. Like, is that all it is? Is that all it is? Well, why aren't we all doing it? And so, anyway, I know I'm not. I know I didn't. I could go back to the answer about living <laughs> a deliberate life, but I had to get that out of my system because it's frustrating.
1: It is, but I think in some ways you have to accept that once you were ready, that's when you were ready too, right? like if if it had if you had shifted earlier, who knows what who knows what is good or bad so. So, and I think as humans, we, I think you're very right, we do need to go through these things we got to go through life with a little bit of curiosity and not be so afraid that every decisions fatal or final. And like, go give it a try. If you're not sure, go give it a try. See what happens, right? <laughs> like, there, you exactly. can always come back and you can always learn. You always learn new things from these experiences. So thank you. And,
0: and yeah, and, and what I wanted to mention right here now, one of the things I remember from being a victim versus a self-empowered individual is I'm all in. Yeah. I'm game. I'm not getting out of here alive, neither are we all. <laughs> <None laughs> and, and so... So the biggest issue most people have is that they settle to the status quo, settle to the way how things are, settle to the way they think, they understand things, settle by the opinions of their families or their communities around them. Why are they always settling? They're just interpretations. They're not reality. And so what's fascinating is we invest so much energy and time into playing it safe, making sure we've got it all you know, we're pretty certain of things. Nobody knows the future. Why are we all so invested in making such a commitment in making sure that our futures are going to turn out? Mm -hmm. We don't know when we're going to die. We don't know outcomes and results. All we've got to do is just focus on what we can control, our actions, our attitude, and growing, being the best versions of our true version of us. The rest is all, excuse my French, bananas i was gonna say another word That's i don't okay. yeah. the...
1: we're family <laughs> just kidding yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know it's it's it, that is so true you remind me of a funny story once i was at my grandmother she's now 97 and she had said you know you see that painting that chrissy once i go that is yours i'm like just give it to me now she's like what i'm like now you watch <laughs> me you can watch you can enjoy me enjoying it how about that and she's like, <laughs> you like, like
0: <laughs> brilliant
1: yeah <laughs> yes yes so now, if you have been victim or you've had scary things in life, it, it probably isn't very easy to sort of stretch or figure out where your boundaries are or even recognize where you've put these barriers in place. So how do you go about learning where they are and learning how to stretch them?
0: Yeah, another fascinating question. Look, um, our, when I had the brain operation the second time, can you believe it? I had a second one <laughs> anyway. <and> the. <laughs> Well,
1: you just and the, the first one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did so well from the first one, correct. The second one was fascinating because the second one was two tumors, and they were this time not on the edge of my brain, they were smack in the middle of my brain. Oh, my
1: goodness.
0: That's a whole other scary encounter. And then in the operating room, right? Yeah. I'll never forget that time when I was getting wheeled in to the operating room, getting prepped up, you know, the, the, everything. And the guy prepping me up has this. Poor, pity, sympathetic, look at me going, oh, I feel sorry for you. I'm like going, dude, I'm okay, relax. You know, this is the guy who's prepping me up. i like, dude, what the hell? Anyway, so he, put, he pricks me up. I go in this thing and there's two tumours. The doctor goes in to pull them both out, one from the left hemisphere, one from the right, goes in the right hemisphere, the first one, and the tumour bursts. Mm-hmm. It became all of a sudden, let's operate two brain tumours out of this guy's head to let's go fight to save this guy's life. Oh, yeah. And while we're at it, let's still take out the other one if we can. (laughs) 60% of people die who have this happen to them. On my doctor's operating table, and he's the leading surgeon, and I was one of the lucky 40%. But that operation left me with eight months of learning how to walk and talk. I literally had to, I had a man swing my leg forward to fire up things because I had no more, everything was set up in my left. This is how my left hand, 50 years old,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. 70 years old. (laughs) So that's how it can move. That's as fast as it can move.
1: Yeah.
0: That was a this has been incredible. And the reason why I'm sharing this story in order to answer your question is that experience of neuro I I learned neuroplasticity. I learned Mm -hmm. incredible things about our brain. I never knew. I never read it anywhere. I never found this information out. And what I'm about to say is fascinating. So I had the brain operation one month before the birth of my second son, Billy. Tumor goes wrong. You know, long story. But I got to rehabilitate and learn how to walk and talk at the same pace as my newborn son was developing. So I got to see my newborn son learning how to use his left hand and right hand and Crawling and walking. And he was, I noticed that his progression was happening at the same pace as mine, mm-hmm. though I was 49 at the time. <laughs> and he was a newborn. Our progression happened right up until he turned around three something years old when he started overtaking me. <laughs> he started overtaking me, the little bugger from three years old. I'm still stuck at like around maybe four or five. He's now six. So he's much more able to use his left hand than I can. He's much more able to use his body than I can. Uh, But anyway, so that that experience that I've just shared taught me one thing, two things. The energy it takes to change, to make a transformation, a synapsis connection, and the time it takes to change. Now to go answer your question, how do we break free from our personal boundaries? What are our personal boundaries? I'll give you a clue. Most of us are on autopilot. We aren't even aware. Our brains are so freaking lazy that our brains want to consume energy. That's all our brains as a biological form care. It doesn't care about our meaning and purpose. It doesn't care about what the hell we do. Our brain just says, how do I preserve energy so I can exist with 20% consumption of this limited stock of energy in the body that I am existing in this skull? Mm -hmm. And so I have to preserve energy. So there's this organ playing this stupid game. We, creatures of meaning and purpose, (laughs) want to push the boundaries all the time. But once there's a synapsis connection, once there's repeat of thought, it becomes a pattern a behavior. It becomes easier and easier and easier with repetition. Guess what? You've got now a deep groove pattern. The brain loves you because it's saying, oh, awesome, I don't have to think. I just have to fire these synapses, and you're just gonna repeat this behavior like a lemming. <laughs> yes. That's unfortunately how most of us live our lives. We are just the repeating of behaviors, repeating of thought patterns, repeating of actions, repeating of how we see the world. These are all assumptions, repeating of how we interpret ourselves and how we label ourselves, how we limited ourselves. It's all patterns. Isn't it shocking? It's all brain patterns. So when I had my brain pattern chopped, literally dropped, lost, uh, 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 an occupational therapist explained it best when I moved the pencil lid cover from the left of the table to the right for the first time. It's like, (laughs) you know, anyway, uh, no control, zero control. And when I finally picked up the pencil lid cover, moved it, I was knocked out for an hour. She was still there. And I said, what the hell just happened? She goes, well, you just connected a new synapses for the first time. And that's how much energy it takes for your brain to form a new connection. It had to take that energy from somewhere else, and therefore you were knocked out unconscious. Mm -hmm. And this is why our brains want to preserve energy. Okay, I'm hoping that this is a clearly explainable story, and if you're following, okay, good. Now, if we're running on these automatic patterns and we want to break, we want to change our lives. We can change our lives by changing our patterns. And our patterns is not complicated to change. It's shockingly easy. So, first, you got to observe yourself behaving and responding to your patterns. We go in automatic software. So when you walk in and all of a sudden you're thinking about something, you got to notice it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just play out what our brains are uh, behaving, like we just play out shit. So notice it first. And then the moment you notice something, challenge it. I'm gonna, you know, you gotta challenge it, you gotta interrupt that pattern. Because you disruption, because you cannot feed it. The more you feed that pattern, the more stronger it gets. It's harder to change. So therefore, if you observe it, you break it, you'll be surprised at if you do that over, uh, over I don't know, for me, i found, if I do this over like three to six weeks, literally have a war with myself and my brain patterns, I have that diminished. It's like it becomes a very very insignificant pattern that doesn't have power over me anymore. I don't just autom- automatically respond to that way of viewing. Or So for the first time in 17 years, now I'm in LA, I had my recent anxiety victim mindset stupidity happen to me. I rented a car and I was challenging myself about renting a car. For five hours, I had anxieties about uh, driving this car because my bowels and everything else, I've got a lot of side effects. And, you know, I'm worried about this and that and this. And I don't know how my left and right hemisphere is going. All nonsense. I just fed something that just got out of control. I've been driving for 31 years. I've been driving on both sides of the world for 31 years. I'm fine. I can manage my toiletry affairs. (laughs) But look what the brain did, right? Yes. That's what it, that's how, Can you imagine our lives are dictated by our stupid patterns that are formed not by design, automatic, formed by society parents or problems around us that we thought, oh, no, I'm not going to do that again. We've interpreted things a certain way that aren't necessarily so, that don't necessarily serve us. At the end of the day, you've got to look at your brain patterns and say, is it serving my life? Am I happy? Am I wealthy? Am I living true to my purpose and meaning? Am I invigorated? Am I creative? Do I really think I am growing as a person? Am I being the best version of myself? Mm-hmm. That I'm always noticing this acceler- acceleration of growth, of power. If you're not experiencing that, you're living through brain patterns. You're not designing your life. You're not breaking through boundaries. you ain't accomplishing one thing after another, you're just busy reinterpreting your brain patterns in different environments, in different circumstances all the time. (laughs) So isn't it shocking that that's all it is, brain pattern, break through your brain pattern, break through your brain patterns, and you will change your life.
1: Yeah, well, and the, the beauty of it forming those pathways is you can train it to use those pathways for good, because if you keep putting it in the good pathways eventually those become the automatic right so there is a benefit but you still do have to be aware just keep yourself in check every once in a while i agree i agree um so there's a chapter in your book called live like it's your last year alive so can you share a little bit about your book and that chapter
0: so my book's called near deaf lessons an extraordinary life gained from eight near-death experiences now listen none of us want to have that many adversities Now, eight of these adversities didn't all change my life. Four of them did. Four of them were kind of ones I had a laugh with with my friends. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) four really transformed my life. I mean, the difference between a near-death experience that transforms one's life versus a close call is one does like a reset to your life. Like just everything that you hold true, everything you value, everything the way you see the world gets challenged and questions, everything is reset you're like a factory reset you're now having to reevaluate everything in your life so that's what a near-death experience does for people and when you have that experience you often are questioning what is your life all about what are you wanting to do and all this stuff so can you imagine having it happen eight times and it's fascinating and every time it happens it's like you just go deeper deeper so because I always have these adversities and right now I'm living on half a kidney and yes, I'm growing cancer again. And yes, I'm always surviving again. <laughs> do I know how long I've got to live? No. How I've been living with uncertainty for 30 years, Ah, uh, 31 now. Okay. There's my mortality. It's out of my control. I'm not focused there. That's God's business. I'm focused on life. I choose life. Remember, focus on what I can do. So because I've got so much uncertainty with my mortality, a lot of people take their life for granted. I can't take my life for granted at all. Uh, so I've designed my life to be as if it's my last year alive every year because I've got anxiety thinking as if it's my last day alive every, every day. Uh, I can't be strategic. I can't think, plan. I can't schedule. I, I can't reevaluate things. But if it's in my last year, I can. And I've been doing that now for quite a long time. And what I've noticed when you see your life as if it's the last year every year, what's fascinating is that you can move your decisions that you might be procrastinating on forward. Mm -hmm. You'll marry that girl. You'll marry that guy. You'll buy that house. You'll do this. You know why? Because we're living now. There's now. That's the only reality. And it always, even with all these mortality challenges I've had, there's something in our brains designed to pretend like we live forever Mm -hmm. even me i'm always after these oh my god almost died how insignificant am i in the grand scheme of things birds are still flying the world's still rotating who am i (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but the brain plays this game it's designed i think for us to continue living our lives it just Puts it in the back of your head and say, ah, someday, maybe one day, whatever. It ignores. It, it just, it's just. It's. got to forget that. that. Don't worry about it kind of feature. Yeah. I think we've all got it. And so but it's very important to bring your mortality in your life every day because death and existence exist inside day by day, yeah. in my opinion. Because when I close my eyes and I go past my brain patterns and my emotional and my feeling sensations. I'm in a black void. Well, guess what? When I've had all my near-death experiences, I'm always going to that black void. Mm -hmm. So therefore, what's the difference between being dead in this black void, but somehow my consciousness or my awareness is still there, versus being biologically present and still here? That's amazing. Sorry, that's another controversial point. (laughs) So... (laughs) No, so, no. so look. Uh, so, at the end, live, live your life as if it's your last year. Allows you to be strategic. Allows you to plot your 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 schedules. Allows you to be more intentional. It forces you to have clarity with your desires. If it really is your last year, well, why are you doing what you're doing right now? <laughs> it, it, it's a good question, you know. It, it really does. It, it, it is really serving you, your community, your family. Are you really making an impact? You are. Is it really a true expression of who you are? It's such a. It's worked really well. Now it doesn't mean go to the casino and put all on black. <laughs> uh, so don't certain, do that. Yeah, the,
1: life,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it down. You still may survive the next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so, so I, I live as if it's my last year alive every year, with the hope that I will live the following year. Mm-hmm. so i won't bet all black or i won't go spend that hundred and thirty thousand dollars in that cruise ship cabin or or i won't do that stupid things where i buy a sports car for the <laughs> for impressing god knows who that i'll never use uh yeah yeah so, just go to beg and rent
1: one for a day like <laughs> it's just experience yeah absolutely
0: we, we, it's so easy to do
1: Yes. Thank you so much for your energy. This has been really wonderful. Um, is there any last thoughts you might like to leave our audience with or, or any other sure. things you'd like Look, to Look, I mean,
0: my my work is just beginning. This work of serving, contribution and empowering others to optimize their time on this earth. We've all heard of near-death experiences, but no one's talking about near-death lessons. Yeah. So uh, please uh, visit, if you'd like, my website, near death Lessons. And download a free guide that I've got about uh, the 10 mistakes I have personally observed that has prevented me from living life to the fullest. And uh, it's a free report and just, it's a good way to be in touch with me. I like people to be observant on my work. I'm just starting and I'm here to serve the American community and people as a whole. And so uh, I hope I can make the impact in people's lives.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. You really are. And I think you're such a great testimony to making the most out of what we have and for, for having a really healthy mindset towards life. So thank you for sharing that with us.
0: <laughs> thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Healthwise 360 here on the, in the limelight podcast network,
0: where we enlighten, entertain and educate our listeners. Please remember to like share and subscribe, and don't forget to tell your friends.